0: Three is the magic number as our T20 World Cup previews continue, it's cricket, only better. Three of the absolute best this time on Cricket Only Better, show 110. Three is the magic number. Three terrific games, three bets to make a great treble, three terrific experts and Sam Collins, the odd one out.
1: Thank you for othering me in such a lovely way. Ed Hawkins, early on in this show 110. Don't worry, I am the glue that keeps us all together and don't you forget it. Let's move on quickly and say hello to our bet betmeisters. Paul Krishnamurti of betting.betfair. Hello, Paul. Hi, Sam. And hello, Richard Mann of SportingLife.com. Hi, Sam. Hello, we've got you both on together. What a treat. The Betfair Oddsmen fear these men's names because they're up a whopping 42.8 on the best bets. Stick around to hear what they recommend at the end of the show. But what three games have we got to challenge them this week, Edward Hawkins?
0: Well, three good ones. Australia versus West Indies, England versus South Africa and Afghanistan versus New Zealand.
1: And we've got our tournament overview too. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. We start this week with a tournament outright odds check, as we do every week. Betfair exchange odds. Favourite still, England at 2.98. Pakistan, 3.95. Australia, the big mover, now into 5.9. New Zealand at 7.8. And the big shakedown of the week, India in to 13 from 30s, South Africa 28 and Afghanistan 85. Ed Hawkins, what have you got for us?
0: Yes, India need that favour from Afghanistan or they are out. So if the market is right... The semi-finals are going to look like this. England versus New Zealand. England are 1.61 on the exchange to reach the final with New Zealand 3.2. And then we've got Pakistan versus Australia in the other one. 1.81 Pakistan, Australia 2.3. Those are to reach the final prices. Are you nervous if you've had... Bets on pa- Pakistan and England, England, well, you should be. The chase bias is 63%. And I suspect in a premium field, it's even more important because it provides a golf when teams are well matched. Australia, surely not. They can't get to the final and win this thing. And England, are the Kiwis their worst nightmare? What an efficient unit they are.
1: Paul and Richard, let's quickly get your views on uh, on that before we go to the start of the week. Paul.
2: Well, personally, I, I mean, what, first of all, what brilliant finale is we've got to these groups. Um, I'm happy to be on Pakistan. If I had to pick one team at the moment out of those prices, it would be them, and to play England in the final. But in all honesty, with the toss bias, any one of six teams can still win this. And remember that. The second semi-final and the final are both in Dubai in the afternoon, so that's when the to- toss-by to- is at its absolute most extreme. Okay, Richard Mann. Yeah,
3: I think England England are correct correct favourites. I think they they look just about the standout team. But but Paul's right with the toss bias. And even looking now, I mean South Africa looking a bit of bother and New Zealand, but you just wonder about throwing a few quid on those outsiders hoping that they can scrape through into the semis. And if they do and get a toss in their favour, you could be set on a real, real tasty wager. So I'm just fascinated now to see how it plays out, because I think we've had some pretty dull matches, actually. And then looking at this weekend, the three we're previewing now, the potential for some real crackers. So hopefully we get some, we get some exciting cricket.
1: Richard man, dull, unbelievable. Right, Ed Hawkins, what have you got? You're going to shout some numbers at us now.
0: Yeah, boundary percentage part bias, my favourite topic. It's 74%. Hit most boundaries, uh, you win the game 74% of the time. Your projected final on best boundary rates in the tournament from those semi-finalists, our projected semi-finalists anyway, is England versus Pakistan, 16.62% V, 1774 Pakistan trumping England on that. If it was on boundaries conceded, it would be England versus Australia.
1: OK, thank you very much, Ed Hawkins. Let's get on with the games and find you some winners. right, let's kick off part two with Australia versus West Indies from Abu Dhabi on Saturday. Australia likely to be about 1.5 on fair exchange. Ed Hawkins, how do you think they're going to line up?
0: Well, I'm going to say again, Australia should use Josh Inglis instead of David Warner, another failure for him against Bangladesh. So English, Finch, Marsh, Smith, Maxwell, Stoinis, Wade, Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood, Zampa, West Indies, surely a change up front. Lewis, Fletcher coming in for Chris Gale, who's been very, very poor. Peran, Chase, Hetmeyer, Russell and Pollard. Holder, Bravo, Holder. I've got Holder twice, don't know why. Hossain and Rample. West Indies beat Australia 4-1 in July. Walsh took 12 wickets in that series. He's not in the team. Russell struck at 198. Well, his form's gone off a cliff. I think it's... Five single-figure scores in six. Obed McCoy was excellent. He's gone home. Uh, Marsh took Australia on on his own. Topped the charts with bat and ball. Extraordinary.
1: Okay, Paul, can I come to you first? Because you, you have a dislike for both teams. Um, surely the odds make up your mind, though, here.
2: Well, I think they'll be even shorter than 1.5 Australia. it um, not that just a real indictment of how bad Whisting has been in this tournament? Um, to be honest they've been so bad I I just can't face back in them and I wonder how motivated they are now Um, plus I would say we're at Abu Dhabi where Australia have bowled really really well Uh, there's a lot more pace and bounce here and I I don't think the toss bias will be that big either because it's a morning game so I am pretty
1: confident Australia will come through this OK, lovely stuff. Richard Mann, thoughts, please.
3: Well, I mean, it's a massive price, isn't it? I mean, look, we've been against West Indies for a while now, but we've also been against Australia. And, I mean, 9-4 is just crazy. Hetmyer found some form. Puran, Puran found, has found some form. There's still threats in that batting, and clearly they're not a side to set your clock by the West Indies, but that batting is dangerous. And the thing about Australia... The one time that their batting has been tested against England, it, it, it fell apart. The other times, really, they've just rode on this excellent bowling attack. Hazelwood, Stark, Cummings, and, and Adam Zampa, who's been magnificent, 10 wickets now at, what, 8.9. Um, he's a wonderful tournament. But I think if the West Indies can find a way, particularly the left-handers, to get hold of Zampa, and I'm thinking, poor on Hetmeyer, then Australia could be in a little bit of trouble because I just don't think the batting can, can keep pace with these sides. Clearly they're a risk, but it's a massive price.
1: Okay, so keeps coming back to this. West Indies may be the holders, but Pollard, Russell, Gale, are they now past it? All three had poor IPLs. Um, that is to the floor. Yeah, yeah. I think they're not completely
2: gone at the game. I, I, I would I'd keep Pollard out of that lift this section. I think Kyron Pollard's fine. Um, but Gale's evidently not the player he was, can't doesn't hardly ever take singles. Russell is a shadow of what he was a couple of years ago before injuries. Bravo's retiring. Um, You know, they play too much cricket, these guys. They play so many different franchises. They don't look fresh. Um, You've got to think for the next World Cup that they would, at best, two of them survive the next World Cup and they start heading over to what is a decent younger generation, you know, Um, poor Al Hetmeier, Fabian Allen, Shafane Rutherford. Um, And if they want experience, bring Sonny on the Rhine back. What a mistake that was to not bring him. Yeah, just for me, like Paul says, I think
3: Pollard's the one. I mean... Where he bats in the batting order, you're not going to get consistency really because he's coming in so late and he's having to throw the bat. Um, I still think there's life in him yet. I'd like to see him actually have a more settled position in the order like he does for Mumbai. You generally know he's going to bat number six. Um, He's all over the place in this West Indies side and and that can't help. But I think the others, Gale in particular, he's a spent force now.
1: Okay. Ed Hawkins, side markets, please.
0: Yes, just a word about... David Warner we're very very keen to get against him uh, we'd probably be able to do so 21.5 uh, go under his innings runs but do West Indies have the pace to trouble a uh, out of sync Warner I'm, I'm a bit worried that they don't rampoll Bravo. Possibly Holder might um, stick it up him. I'm not sure. Um, Mitchell Marsh is a great opportunity for top Australia run scorer because of his fantastic record. Uh, Josh English is going off at four to one with Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, if he plays, he opens. So you got four to one about an opener. And Pat Cummins fifty five to one. We say it every time, but uh, keep him on side.
1: Okay, finish it off for us guys. Paul, you first. Players you like and ones you don't.
2: Okay. Um I agree if Inglis plays 4 to 1 would be a bet, but I don't think they'll drop Warner. Um wouldn't put anyone off going against Warner but agree absolutely West Indies attack looks rubbish so there's a chance that one come off. Uh I've been backing Andre Russell 4 to 1 top wicket taker in the last game that one because he bowls at the death that would make sense to me. Um the The market, I like those man-of-the-match Australian bowlers. Take your pick. I'd go Josh Hazelwood at 14s and Mitchell Stark at 10s. Oh, and one other thing is there's a special here. Um, It won easily in the Sri Lanka game. Um, Both teams to score 140 at 6-4. Both teams to score 150 at 3.6. That's completely wrong on what we've seen at Abu Dhabi in the last few days. The ball comes on here. You know, this is by far the best
1: scoring ground at the three at the moment. Okay, Richard Mann.
3: I'll just add about Hazelwood. I mean, I've, I've been, he's, he's been in my book all through the tournament. He's bowled a lot better than than his wickets tally would suggest. He's gone at under six. Very good against Bangladesh yesterday. A two for eight in the power play from his two overs. And I mean... If it weren't for Zampa picking up five pretty soft wickets in the middle, I think Hazelwood would have been man of the match because he'd have come back, you'd, have, you'd think he would have picked up one of the tail-enders, finished with 3 for. And as we've seen at this World Cup, that's, that's generally been enough to win you the man of the match award. So completely concur with Paul. I'm a little bit worried about Zampa here, actually, because I do think West Indies have got the tools to take him down. And if they do, that could open it up for Hazelwood in the top Australia bowler market. Or, oh, as Paul says, the man of the match market.
1: Okay, thank you very much. Big tick for Australia versus West Indies. Coming next, it's England versus South Africa. Right, England versus South Africa is on Saturday from Sharjah. Betfair Exchange prices England at 1.54, South Africa 2.74. Set it up for us, please. Ed Hawking.
0: England. Butler. Roy. Milan. Bairstow. Livingston. Morgan. Moeen. Wokes. Jordan. Rashid. Wood. South Africa. Dekok. Hendricks. Rassi. Markram. Bavuma. Miller. Pretorius. Rabada. Maharaj. Nockjay, And Shamsi. Hendricks is decent form. going to... Given them a bit of a problem now because they've got to keep Bavuma in the t- in the team. He's the captain and he's batting basically in your finishing role and that's not his role. Head to head, England won five of the last six. They won three 0 in South Africa in 2020. England chased one nine one and one seven nine. I think that's a big clue. England will get anything here batting second. I suggest it's a boundary percentage mismatch so and also there's no if about whether South Africa can put their foot down if Dikok does this if Markram does this they are a side which will not show intent they didn't even do that in their uh, stroll to victory win over Bangladesh when they could have improved their net run rate they didn't do so and it's possibly going to cost them the chance to go into the semi-finals they are a safety first South Africa team and they always have been for like 20 Twenty years in charger, uh, England could be vulnerable to eight overs of Shamsi or Maharaj, and that is their best chance.
1: Mm-hmm. Could be a corker then, um, Paul. Do you think South Africa have a sniff here?
2: At the odds, there is a bit of trading value.
1: Yes, and I do think
2: you'd be loath to write them off because they've got the bowlers. But we go back to the fact it's charger, and the fact that nearly always charger. Team that hits the most sixes wins and England will almost certainly hit the most sixes here. Um, I can't help but go back to the very first innings of the Super 12 when they batted South Africa batted absolutely appallingly against Australia and still got close in the game. If they have a better first morning, I think they'd be in the semi-finals, but now they're just relying on a bit too much. But you know, look at the same time. It's a winnable game at Sharjah. England were amazing here last time. 163 was an amazing score, but it was primarily down to one player, Josh Butler. And you can't argue with South Africa's bowlers at all here. It's a brilliant bowling lineup. And, you know, not only Rabada and Nokia, but you've got, as Ed said, eight overs of Shamsi and Maharaj. So don't rule them out.
1: Okay, Richard Mann, South Africa, your pick for glory. You're very worried about their batting. It's a must-win game for them. Um, what do you think? Can they do it?
3: Well, they need Decock to start firing. After. I just looked again because I couldn't believe what I'd seen. 35 runs in the tournament so far. I mean, this is just not the Decock we know. Striking at under 100. Um, but I think if South Africa can beat England at one ground, I actually think it is Shaglia because I don't think they can beat them in a big dust-up where it's 200 plays 200, as Ed says, a safety first. But I think if it's a 135, 140 v 140, they've got half a chance because they've got such a good bowling attack. And in Norkia and Rabada, they've got two excellent seamers who've got a lot of experience of bowling at this ground. Um, So I think if they can get at England early and if, if they can find a way to get rid of Butler, if Sri Lanka would have done that, in the week they'd have probably beaten England at Shagia and I think that's South Africa's chance again really Nork here in particular is ideally suited to this ground because he bowls real quick big tall man hits hits the back of a length hits the deck hard and lets the uneven low bounce do the rest so he's a massive threat and I think getting early wickets is South Africa's
1: only chance okay, You talk about De Kock and 35 runs in the tournament when, when someone like that um, has had obviously a lot of issues going on to deal with off the pitch. To what extent does that affect the way that you approach um, looking at South Africa as a batting unit? Do you just say, look, we can't look at them statistically the way we've looked at them previously, or do you just move on?
3: Well, excellent question. I, I think I think with Dick Ock, you sometimes you, you have to trust your eyes, and, and, and although I'm on South Africa outright, he just doesn't look in good form to me, and I, I certainly wouldn't be betting him to come good Um, they need him to come good but from what I've seen I I just would have very little faith in him and as you say with the stuff off the field as well that can't be helping Um, so it's a bit of a cross from me but obviously you've you've just got to hope as a South African fan as a South African backer as I am you've just got to hope he can come good but I I am concerned there's no doubt about that
1: okay Um, thanks Richard Uh, innings runs ploy here Paul at Sharjah
2: yeah, I, th- I think this is the way to take on England. I would prefer to do this than actually back South Africa. I think because of how well they've played and what they scored last time, I reckon you'll be able to lay 150 plus odds on. Um, and realistically, par here is 140 to 145. We may well be looking at a used pitch now, um, so it might be lower. And... As we were saying, the, the, the South African bowling lineup is well capable of containing England. So that would be my bet. England under one fifty.
1: Okay. Um Ed Hawkins, side markets, please.
0: Milan, 173 runs in that twenty 20- two. 20 series not topped yet he's four to one with betfair sportsbook the pitch is against him but he is a win rate value Shamsi took three for 10 in one game so is a possible top bowler bet england for most sixes are four to six i know it's short but looks an absolute gimme to me
1: uh richard what do you like here
3: i'm keen on two i think i've been waiting for matwood to to play at shajah for a while now if he hadn't been injured he would have started the tournament for england four wickets in the warm-up against new zealand looked absolutely red hot mills has gone home now so england will have to take the wraps off wood and i think shajah will really suit him i get the argument counter-argument about small dimensions of the ground and extreme pace going the distance But if he bowls quickly like he can do, hits that back of a length, that low, skiddy trajectory, he could be an absolute nightmare on here against the South African top order, Hendricks, Dicott, that haven't really fired. You've got to bet him in the man of the match market if you think England are going to win. I'd be staggered if, if Wood didn't bowl well here. I think he could be a nightmare. And even if he just gets, I don't know, two for 15 in the power play, and Rashid picks up three for 20, Wood might get the Man of the Match award because he might shape the match. That's been the way it's going. Nokia picked it up once with one for 14. Um, So definitely Wood. And then on the flip side, if you think South Africa are going to be competitive, Nokia, you can't go away from him. He's had a brilliant tournament. I mean, his economy rate is is just absolutely stunning. And again, I think he's perfect for for this pitch, Nokia. Um, So I'd be split staking on Wood and Nokia um, in in the Man of the Match market. Nokia going up 4.56 economy rate. I mean, that's just absolutely... Absolutely staggering So they'd be two For me
1: Okay Paul Any other business here
2: First of all Brilliant call there From Rich Absolutely brilliant call Mark Wood 16 to 1 Man of the match Amazing price He uh, Last year against India on this pitch Sharjah He was outstanding So um, That could be A game changer there um, There's no line up yet But as always At Sharjah Unders on fours If that's 23.5 Again Definitely go under there um, four to six England, to get my sixes is huge. Uh, that's probably a four to nine, three to one on chance for me. Um, and finally, this could be the game to get the 100 to one chances in. Low scores expected. Top back could be one with a quick fire 20 or 30 at the death. 100
1: to one Chris Jordan, 100 to one Keith Shaver Maharaj, top back. Okay. Thank you, guys. One more game to come before the best bets. It's Afghanistan versus New Zealand. Right. Afghanistan versus New Zealand on Sunday from Abu Dhabi then. Bet for exchange prices 1.39 New Zealand, 3.5 Afghanistan. Kiwis are into the semis if they win. India need Afghanistan to win. Need I remind you that in show 107, Tasneem Samarkand identified this as the game for an upset. We'll find out if the guys agree in a second. But first, Ed Hawkins has the lineups.
0: New Zealand Guptil, Mitchell, Williamson, Conway, Phillips, Nisham, Santner Southie, Milne, Bolt, Sodi, Afghanistan, Zazai, Shazad, Gerbaz. I think Janat is going to be promoted up the order, has done so in the past, and has got form under his belt after a little cameo. Zadran Nabi Gulbadin Rashid Ashraf, Naveen and Hamid Hassan. Uh, Mujib has a question mark about whether he plays or suspect he needs to play if Afghanistan are going to cause that upset because they just can't go without his four overs, It's four world-class overs that they lose. It's another boundary percentage mismatch, but it's not the way you think it is. Afghanistan have the edge here, 16.25% versus 13.5%.
1: Paul Krishnamurti, is Tasneem Samarkand right? Certainly about uh, value.
2: Um, I, I think that those odds are very, very tempting about Afghanistan, very tempting. Um, they're underrated. They're a class side. They've got fantastic lineup. I'd prefer that they were playing this match at Sharjah to back them than Abu Dhabi. But um, yeah, that's a good price. And uh, whilst New Zealand have played well and they're a very likeable unit... I'm not all that convinced by their batting, to be honest. Um, Evening at Scotland, you know, only Martin Gupshall did it and he's he's liable to do that against the the associate side. The rest of them struggled generally. And I think against this bowling line they could really have a hard time.
1: Uh, Richard Mann, Afghanistan were thumped by India, a horrible loss, have they been found out? not
2: so much found out i just think
3: majib was was a massive miss he's missed the last two now and they got away with it first time but not against india as ed said four world-class overs and he he delivers them in the power play um he can he can knock two over in the power play and he sets the game up for you so majib has to play i I wouldn't say afghanistan can't win without him but it's a massive massive black tick if if he doesn't line up if he lines up through a big price um and, and it's potentially an even game he's 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 that important because the thing is if he doesn't play Guptal who made runs against Scotland could get away from them and and set up a big score if he plays you'd fancy him to knock over Guptal who historically hasn't been great in these conditions and that just makes all the difference to this New Zealand side because they lack gears in the middle order
1: okay um afghanistan have to bat second with this chase bias presumably guys um will they even do that considering the beating against india what do we think
2: i'm not sure they do desperately have to bat um have to chase here it, it's a morning game at abu Dhabi, and so i think that of the three grounds that's where the toss bias is least relevant and I'm also, again, I'm not going to read too much into what happened against India. You know, that's the very class side India. They needed to do that. They had to go through it and they bat great players, batted brilliantly. So I, I think we can just put a line through that and say that if they go back to their old system of batting first, Afghanistan, it might well pay off here. Yeah, I think, again, it comes down to Maghib. I think if
3: Maghib's fit... Afghanistan have been much; they're much more comfortable bowling second. And if McGube's fit, they'll fancy the chances of defending pretty much anything. If he isn't fit, it does leave them with a bit of a conundrum. Really, do they trust their bowling quite as much?
1: Okay, Ed Hawkins, side markets.
0: Yes, could this be an attritional affair? Just looking at thirteen to eight with Betfair Sportsbook, no first innings fifty. Does Kane Williamson come to the fore in such a game? Could be a top. Bat bet. Standout price for me though is thirteen to eight. Most sixes. Afghanistan, I think that's a bet. And let's make that. There's your treble claxon. Uh, the cornerstone of a treble: thirteen to eight Afghanistan most sixes, four to six England most sixes in their game against South Africa. And let's borrow one of Paul's. Uh, both teams to score hundred and forty. West Indies versus Australia. Finally, I cannot believe you've done that. But you can. You I've can, got that written in front of me. You can still I've got that exact treble written in front. of me. What, the exact treble? Exact trouble. Well, I'll tell you what, Spooky. Paul well, is good. Well. <laughs> well, this is great minds think alike. This is when the, all the planets come into line, Paul. Let's save, let's save that for Paul's best bets, but we're just previewing Paul's best bet there. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll replace something then instead of that. Zazai, under 19.5, he's hopelessly against hot pace. He's found out this guy is a step up in class for him, so that will be a bet for you instead. Oh,
1: I like the sound of that hot pace," said Hawkins. Um, Richard, what do you like?
3: Well, the sixes bet is it's just is just astronomical price, really. I, I, sort of, I think England played Australia a week ago, didn't they? And and England five to six to hit more sixes. That, I thought that was the, the bet of the tournament. But this this might just have trumped that because you look at them that middle order of New Zealand. If Guptal doesn't get going then Williamson and Conway are fine players, but the nudgers and nerdlers and at this ground will try and pick up twos. I can't see them hitting too many sixes. That's the way Afghanistan play. And on that, I think each sword is interesting for top New Zealand bowler. He's bowled well in this tournament and he's a leg spinner and I think Afghanistan will just keep going for him and they might have a little bit of success, but ultimately he'll pick up wickets. New Zealand are a fantastic outfield inside as well, so if anything goes airborne, you'd expect them to catch it. Sandlers bowled really well in this tournament, brilliantly actually, but he he just isn't picking up wickets. He's just darting them in and and keeping the runs down and Sirdi's been the real attacking wing and I think he could just buy a few cheap ones against Afghanistan here, so he'd be my bet for top new zealand bowler.
1: paul coming to you for the final say i've got
2: no players here i was just going to talk about sixes and the fours um we said that to be honest with it i'll pick something else for best bets we've put that out there now and i've got quite a few options here but definitely that's one of the best of the week i think afghanistan to either hit most fours or most
1: sixes thank you very much done now let's win you some money. It's the best bets. Get your pencil and paper ready. It's best bets time. And as always, here's Ed Hawkins with some scores on some doors.
0: Paul Krishnamurti is top of the tree, 32.5. Tough week for Richard Mann, but he's still plus, And that is all that counts in this game at 9.3. Let's go to Paul first, considering I've nicked his treble. I think he's come up with something different. <laughs>
2: Okay, uh, first up, I'll have um, half a unit each, man of the match, Australia, West Indies, Mitchell Stark and Josh Hazelwood. And I'll go uh, Australia, West Indies, one point, Josh Hazelwood, top Australia bowler. Okay, um, England v South Africa, uh, two point risk, England under 150 if they bet first. And England v South Africa, I'll have one point on Mark Wood to be man of the match. Okay, and then two points on Afghanistan to hit the most sixes versus New Zealand.
3: Sticking with England v South Africa, one point, Mark Wood, top England bowler. And in the same game, one point, Anrik Narkia, man of the match. And then I will finish off with New Zealand v Afghanistan, um, one point on Ish Sodi, top New Zealand bowler.
0: And that's your lot for Cricket Only Better show. One, ten. We're back in your ears on Tuesday where we'll be previewing the semi-finals of the T20 World Cup and it's a full house again with Richard and Paul joining us in the meantime betting.betfair has all your previews special offers join us next time